Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline. I write the How to Decorate blog. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Karen. I head up Ballard's branding team. We're We're your hosts. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for the tips, tricks, and tales of interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of the show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at BallardDesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. And now, on with the show. All right, it's time for some trials and triumphs. It's been a minute. What's up with you, Karen? Oh, goodness. Well, it's spring in Atlanta, so um, I'm obsessed with all things in my yard and all my plants mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. I keep killing stuff, but I keep at it, Caroline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> try, 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 try again. again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my rose that I planted a few years ago, remember, it was just a mm-hmm. stick. And mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that thing has taken off. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited about Yay. it. I, was, I, I examine it daily. Um, it has a ton of little buds. So I'm really excited about what's going to happen. I don't know what's happening yet. But I also, like we talked about on uh, our last time, I planted a ton of peonies and dahlias mm-hmm. right there with it. And my peonies have all kind of popped up. Um, Exciting. So they're not dead yet. Uh, so I, yeah, great things in store, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. A dead things. I mean, I bought two matching, identical, beautiful lavender topiaries you know big i would mm-hmm. say the, the ball of the topiary is like as big as your head mm-hmm. and they were you know it was probably like 65 bucks oh wow I, I wait treat, each or together i treated them identically and one is as dead as a doornail i don't understand mm. <laughs> i did you know, go back to my ace and complain. i've always had trouble with trouble with lavender yeah yeah i know i, I mean i'm it's trying to like too wet here and it doesn't like it. Yeah. I know. I <laughs> like you're do not you like, Do you like the lavender for the aesthetics or the smell? Um both. You know, I also like rosemary. I think rosemary is mm-hmm. a little easier in Atlanta to keep alive, especially mm-hmm. in the ground. Um yeah. so uh I mean try both. lavender just likes it pretty dry, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's but it's not dry here. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, they did tell me don't even put a tray under it in the pot. Just like let it drain. Don't let it sit in water at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really dry here in the summer, though. The spring is wet, but the summer is hot and dry. And- really? I feel like we always get those afternoon hot. showers. That's true. Those downpours. But yeah, that's true. We do get those. I, I killed one like early on at our old house and I didn't try again. And Will always tries to talk me out of it because I'm like, let's plant some lavender here. And he's like, no, it's going to die. Can we? So we've been doing like, um, we just planted, I'm just going to jump in here because I feel like my, um, my trials and triumphs are similar, but, um, we just planted a bunch of Russian sage. We had like a big planting weekend last weekend, Easter weekend. What is Russian sage? I don't know what that is. It's sort of, I mean, we've never had it in our yard before, so I can't really speak to, um, it's success <laughs> yet, <laughs> but it kind of looks like lavender. I mean, it's purple. It's kind of got those, it looks like cross between lavender or rosemary, okay. but it gets really big. It'll get like as big as you are. Like it's tall. Really? Um, yeah, it gets pretty big. Maybe that's, maybe it's not quite that tall, um, but it gets pretty tall. So, um, but it like does a little better here. You know, like salvias do better here. 
mm-hmm. that kind of look like lavender. They don't have the smell though. That's I think the big difference because I just love that lavender smell. But yeah, I love to run my hand on it when I walk by. Mm-hmm. It smells so good. Well, I have a yeah. big rose, uh, a rosemary hedge in my front yard, and it's right where you, you park. Yeah, and yeah, it's I the love that best. The best. Yeah, yeah, we did a lot of planning too. Um, like. A ridiculous amount, but I mean, um, our both of our trials has to be pollen in Atlanta right now. Oh, everything's for sure, yeah. yellow, dusty, mm-hmm. dusty yellow. You get your car wash, and within an hour, it's yellow again. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. Cushions, like we sprayed off everything. We had people over for Easter lunch on our patio, and we sprayed everything down to like get rid of the pollen. And of course, now like three days later, it's got to spray it down again this weekend. Yeah. Just it's. Gross. Yeah, I'm on a power wash this weekend. You know I like a power wash. I know you do love a power wash. No. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I borrowed yours last year. It was. It is satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna get my rubber boots on and some <laughs> shorts and my Daisy Duke and get out there. It's very, <laughs> very appealing. The neighbors laughing. <laughs> it, it it is very. Um, I love tasks. I feel like this way about vacuuming, where like you can see the immediate. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, Upgrade? Yes. Okay, so what's your trial? Oh, I guess the pollen. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, gross. (laughs) And also just, yeah. I mean, it's not even, it's, that's not even to speak to the, you know, health issues like the stuffy nose, the headaches, but just the yellowness. And, Mm -hmm. And every, and I felt like for a few days around Easter, it was getting better. So I was like, okay, this is good time to this is a good time to um power or spray because mm. like maybe it'll last for a while. No, Mm-mm. nope, <laughs> no. I mean, it's a good month, I think, yeah. of of uh, pollen. Yeah, yeah, I'm over it. I'm Same. just ready. <laughs> okay, is are those both of our trials and triumphs? Because I feel like that was the shortest ever. Yeah, Not that we need yeah. to, you no, know, go to. on a diatribe of pollen. <laughs> <laughs> World's most boring topic. But no, let's talk to our yeah, guests. They've got they've got more interesting things. Yes, let's do it. Okay. Okay, so our guests today are a design duo based here in Atlanta, Tavia Forbes and Monet Masters. Their firm is called Forbes Masters, and they work on residential and commercial projects. Their work has been featured in El Decor, House Beautiful, Essence, and Architectural Digest, and more. Um, They've got a wallpaper line through Mitchell Black and a high-profile list of clients. Welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you. We're excited to be here. Thank you. I really enjoyed that (laughs) intro. Thank you. (laughs) You know, got to keep it short and sweet, but there was a lot to cover. So I have been dying to chat with y'all because ever since I saw your portfolio, because I, first off, am so fascinated by design duos. Um, We'll get more into that in a second, because I loved the story of how the two of you met and came to work together. Um, And I just think like that partnership, there's got to be just so much that goes into it. But, um, But I just loved the imagination that goes into your spaces it's you you use a lot of like bold gestures silhouettes bold silhouettes there's movement like unusual combination of shapes texture on texture i just felt like your portfolio had so many things that i'd never just just never seen before um and that always gets me the most excited to to chat with someone when you have a really unique um 
you know, style that you're, you're working with. Thank you so much. What an awesome compliment. Um, really, really appreciate that. Before we, um, before we get into all that, let's, um, let's talk about how the two of you met. Um, can you tell everyone that story? Because it's, it's, it's a pretty funny one. <laughs> oh, God. Whenever, whenever we get into the video, I mean, in, into the, the story, it's fun. Like just the refresher. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but if we weren't on video right now, you would totally see me do this. <laughs> but um, so I, I, I basically uh, left corporate interior design. I was at a hospitality design firm. I uh, left to start my own practice. I was actually working both simultaneously because uh, being at that corporate job for about a year, it was just extremely uh, torturing. And, um, and so I decided to focus on myself full time, struggled for the first two years until I landed my very first, uh, largest, biggest, largest project. It was also commercial. And I was just excited to have it and excited about the money that I was going to make and did not think past that. <laughs> I knew I could design it. Um, but I had absolutely no idea that I would have to get to the phase of implementation. And when we got there, we were at a complete standstill. Um, I was just not familiar with uh, sourcing, uh, contractors, project management to that level. And so um, the project, the the clients, we just all gained frustration. Um, I was frustrated that the client was frustrated. uh, The client's frustrated that nothing's really being done with the project outside of it being designed. And long story short, um, they, they came to me. And uh, they said, you know, we, we really like you, we really like your designs, uh, but, you know, we just need some help. And I remember them, um, even, you know, like their, their tone was just kind of like walking on eggshells. Um, I think I was, I, I think I was, uh, I wasn't as calm <laughs> as I am today. <laughs> they were afraid of you. And, and so I was, I, no, oh God. Um, yeah. I was also very young. So I think that they were, you know, looking at me as as an aspiring designer and trying to understand and help me. And I I saw that as just complete disrespect that they went behind my back to, you know, hire someone. So basically not hire someone, but they basically contacted Tavia to help uh, mitigate, mediate, um, help in, in, in all sense, uh, the project. And we met and I was completely just not there. Um, I was, you know, just ready to get out of the room. I was uncomfortable. I was trying to speed the conversation up as they were trying to like delegate and decide like how, how we work together. I was just like, okay, well you can just do this and I'll call you when I need something. And Tavia was looking at me like, uh, no, it was just like a <laughs> lot of tension. <laughs> it was horrible. And it so, was a very awkward, yes. probably the most awkward meeting <laughs> we've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Two days. <laughs> I hated every. I hated everyone in that room. Like I, 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 it was, it was just really bad. But, um, but my folk because, like I said, I had been struggling, and I was trying to make my, um, my independence in this industry work. So, um, when the clients left that meeting, uh, take, taking us, uh, we stayed behind, and her, her entire attention and demeanor completely changed. She's like she completely turned her body towards me because at first we're like, you know, we're just really strict. We're facing the clients. And she, she, she got, she basically, she just like 
got down to my level and turned to me and she's like, look, in situations like this, you have to do this. Like, I know it's uncomfortable and, and just had like a really quick one-on-one with me and that completely changed my focus. I was like, wait a minute, this is a learning experience. And so by the time we left, I had already gotten a call from the client to say that they were going to fire me and hire Tavia to complete the job. Um, and my, I was, I was relieved, uh, because I didn't know what to do on the project. I was relieved and immediately my focus turned to who is this person? I tried to research Tavia, uh, found her number and decided to call her the next day. Um, and, and, and so I called her and this is where Tavia steps in. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm driving and I get a call from a Houston number and I just pick up and she's like, Hey, this is Monet. And I'm thinking, Oh wow. I'm about to get first out. Cause we just found out that we, um, uh, she was being let go and they, they hired me and I was a new designer, of course, very eager to also continue working in, um, commercial projects. I'd done a few salons before. So I had a little bit of experience. My dad's a contractor. So I had a little bit of experience like managing construction and, um, when she caught her, her tone was just so, um, warm and I was like, okay, so that's not the phone call I was expecting, but, um, we just started chatting and the, the conclusion was, you know, let's, let's be friends or let's see, you know, how we can um, help each other because we both were in, uh, in a place where we needed assistance. We're young, new designers, and it's a lot of work to complete a space. And so we would meet each other. I was living in New York at the time and I would fly to Atlanta to work and we'd meet each other on each other's projects and help each other. So we became work friends and we started talking about a whole separate business because we weren't, um, I'll say Monet wasn't ready to, um, to, to really merge yet. Um, the, so we were talking like, about something completely I just, except, to, I was just like, uh, I need to, I need to spread my wings on my own first. Like, I, <laughs> and I was like, this is hard. In, I think in reality, I thought I Asia, as the person at the time who had more experience and uh, in my own insecurity, I was like, well, I don't want to work under anyone. You know, like I left, I left corporate because I wanted to try to explore on my own. And I just saw at that time, I saw the, the merge as like me working for her instead of partnership. So uh, in the few times that she asked the answer, I was just like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready. <laughs> and, um, I just think but- it's so incredible that the two of you could have gotten off just you know, almost more of like a nemesis type of situation. And then you end up being business partners. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at one point you were even roommates. Like it just, it really speaks to, I think, both of your characters that you were able to come together and create this amazing partnership. And I'm also just fascinated by the design, you know, the partner element, because on the one hand, you are able to, you know, make each other stronger. Like everybody has unique skill sets and you can push each other. But on the other hand, it's a marriage, like you're going to push each other and, and maybe not always a great way. So how has, how has your relationship evolved and you've, you know, sort of worked out the kinks of being um, equals? Yeah, married. <laughs> married. We're, We're absolutely married. married. 
Yes, we have good days. We have bad days. We have um, <laughs> we have our own personal lives, and we and we're friends. And so it, we have this very very layered relationship. And day by day, we just kind of take each other as we are <laughs> is what we've learned, and um, and be there for each other, and and know when to back off at the same time. So it's the it's it, it's a very like I said a very layered relationship. Um, and it does uh, it does help in our work relationship to be to be friends and to understand um, um, each other on that on a personal level and and design wise uh, we get through projects a little faster I guess than some uh, solo designers because we have confirmation very quickly so uh, in the beginning uh, when we so our merger was very kind of random um, I got a call to do a consultation and. Uh, I was already in New York. I'd just gotten back that day. I met Monet and I had been talking probably over the course of weeks and months about this other business. I called her and asked her if she could conduct a consultation for me. And she did on um, that same day, landed the job. And I flew back that same night. She picked me up from the airport and we started designing that project together. We were done in a week. Um, full design and install. Yeah. So it was a small Yeah. We were we designed, yeah. shopped, installed, and we're done and we're like well whoa okay that was good and then when he got a call to do another project and we did the same thing <clears throat> I, do you guys have complementary skills or do you have similar skills i, I would i would say both you know I'm I, would, like, I would say both um uh -huh. which is great because like tavia mentioned the week-long project we were it was our first time experiencing like having our ideas um confirmed uh, but then also questioned um, and 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 uh, rebutted with like maybe a better idea or a clear idea. So it was it's it's a constant, and I think we try to do that with every project instead of having uh, and, and we could do that now because we're you know still fairly small. Instead of having a person assigned to one project, we are constantly meeting and collaborating on the ideas. Okay, yeah, that's a great idea, but instead of just knocking it out. You know, let's question it. How could it be better? Um, or, or if everyone confirms, then it's like, all right, great. You know, then, then we move forward. And I think that's something that we experienced the first week, which is why we were just so hyper running around <laughs> the, every day in that week, implementing every idea that we could think of. It, uh, luckily, the client was just very eclectic and layered because we probably could have eliminated half the ideas in that office. <laughs> <laughs> we ripped books open, we crumpled them, we threw them into jars, everything that we could think of to throw in the space. Yeah, it was uh it, it was it was very, very cool. Well, I love that idea of of seeking someone and this even just for anyone working on their own space, seeking out someone, one person maybe that you really trust and using them as that sounding board, you know, like maybe it's your best friend, maybe it's your mom, maybe it's your spouse, you know. Maybe it's a coworker, and because I feel like sometimes people will poll like their entire friend group, like, "What do you think? What do you think? What do you think?" And then like everyone has a different answer. Like, find one person who's that trusted, you know, I guess partner, and mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of people have ideas about each other. Experience design paralysis, like they just can't move on from the idea, and it's just like make a decision. 
just mm-hmm. do one right. or two and just go with yeah. it. It's not, it, it, you're never going to get to the, the big, what is it? Looking for the bigger, better deal. Just go mm-hmm. with what you have today and then add something that complements that and keep going. If you're at home designing your space, because a lot of times we walk into homes and people are just like paralyzed because they can't make a decision. We have one client, they, they took seven months to select a rug. And we come in and mention that one. <laughs> we come in to design the space and realize, well, the rug's too small, so it has to go. And after she was considering oh, no. it for seven months. <laughs> yeah. That oh, is hysterical. And so it still wasn't right. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a size. Yeah. It was a size <laughs> issue. But to Tavia's point, yeah, absolutely design paralysis. And in and the times where we kind of meet on a project design on on opposite sides again we just kind of revert back to we're both experienced designers both ideas are good there's not one style of design or one perfect answer so you know let's just roll with it and and keep it moving um and i mean it's we (laughs) it took time to even get to that point right because when we first merged it was like i now speak for myself here but it was like oh great this is now i have two of me so just do everything that I do, and like, this could be great. And so we both we both were looking for the other just to be an extension of the other, and it was just like, it was clashing. I remember one particular day, we were on a project site, and uh, we were installing, and at that time, we were hanging our own light fixtures. Before she was hanging a light fixture, yeah. we were hanging our own light fixtures. And uh, Tavia was hanging a light fixture. And I don't know what it was in particular, but I was just like, well, why are you doing that first? And she turned around. <laughs> and we, we, we always laugh about Tavia's face. <laughs> she's so expressive and like cannot hide her face. She turns around with this skull and she's like, because that's the way you're supposed to do it. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I just like kind of, her, her body turned and she was like right angled out of the frame, <laughs> like past the wall. <laughs> but it, it looks and different I'm like, from what I'm just running to, so, but <laughs> the light's still being hung. Right. And, and like at the end of the day, the light picture is being hung and that's all that matters, whether you do it A way or B way. Uh, but right. it's just, just mm-hmm. kind of testament of like getting used to another idea. Um, and I, I think we've perfected that now. So we're, <laughs> we're good, but it was a, <laughs> and we also don't hang light in pictures the anymore. <laughs> no. Better point. Yeah. 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 Well, no one's house is caught on fire, so we're okay. I was going to say, I hope you have insurance, like health insurance, in case you, you know, fall off a letter or, you know, something. (laughs) Or burn a house down. Or burn a house down. There's that. He did okay. Yeah, I was going to say, your dad is a contractor, so you you know what you're doing. Well, I wanted to talk you know, get back to kind of the the style that, and I want everyone to go look y'all up on Instagram or look at your website because I really just can't emphasize enough how just bold and creative your spaces are. And um, I was curious, like, okay, you, you've, you've got this partnership between the two of you. You come to the table with ideas. The other part, you know, each of you are like, oh yeah, that's great. Like you've built the room. Have you ever gone to a client and thought, there's no way they're going to go to the, go for this. It's like so out of the box or, and then they went for it or like, how does, how does the pitching go to your clients? Have they already bought into your style that they've seen on your, you know? 
I would say in the beginning, um, I think we had a little bit more like angst about that. Are they going to go for it? And then we're just like, well, I mean, the worst thing, the worst they could say is no. Um, but now it's like, well, they knew who they were calling. So when we're True. going into like, you had to expect something strange. Mm-hmm. I think we, also, <laughs> we gauge our, we gauge our clients, I think very well, where we are meeting them where they are enough and then pushing them a little bit to like a more bolder level. So it's not just bold design. It's like, this is you elevated. You know, Mm -hmm. this is you with a little more character or a little bolder. And so it's easier to sell because they see themselves in it. But they, you know, but there are some things that they're not familiar with or, you know, would be a stretch. Um, But we've also had the experience of some clients just saying, who are like very bold and eclectic. Uh, giving us creative freedom and saying like, I want your absolute bet, worst idea. And then, and then we'll go from there. Um, so we've just had the, the opportunity to uh, go beyond the, you know, the surface or the initial thought to try to pull out the most creative things. And after doing that for so long, uh, you know, that becomes a habit. That's just kind of where we go mm-hmm. because we can always, we, we, we see our presentations as just opportunities to collab with our clients and to confirm. We also see it as, uh, you know, the meeting where we revise. We, we never go into a present. We want to go into a presentation and have, you know, complete approval of everything. Uh, but we also just kind of set ourselves up to kind of talk about a few things. And so also with that tone and delivery, um, it, it makes the client feel a little more safe. Uh, and then it also gives us an opportunity to potentially go bolder because that's where we started. Or, you know, we uh, we filter a little bit and get back down to something that's more comfortable for them, which in some, sometimes is, isn't as as bold. Yeah. And, and that's something that you mentioned a lot in your and, you know, in some interviews you've done about how you put, a you know, it's not just bold for the sake of being bold. You're you're really trying to get to know your client and and have the space reflect them. And so I was curious what it looks like when you're getting to know your client? Like, is there a questionnaire? Are you taking them to lunch? Are you doing a therapy session? Like what, how do you get to know the client to a level to where you're really able to understand and deliver them something that's them? I think we feel out their personalities to figure out what they, what they'd be receptive to. So some people would love to fill out a questionnaire. We have it available on the website and they, they say, um, you know, I filled out the questionnaire and it made me feel like you really cared and you really wanted to get to know us. And then others ignore the questionnaire. And then we just go into a conversation at the consultation or we, we, we notice that, um, well, this person's style is really interesting. Let's, let's see their closet or, um, where, where's the last place you traveled? What's your favorite hotel? What are your, what's your favorite style of music? And it's just kind of picking up, trying to pick apart a person and people do like to talk about themselves. You just have to ask the right questions. Um, we did, I did a consultation with a woman. I, she just could not get any information from her, but I did notice a family picture. And then, so I said, Oh, well, who's this handsome gentleman? And she's like, Oh, this is my son. And then she just started talking about her family and then started talking about her travels. And then it's just like, Oh, and then we ended up using all of her photography that she took on her travels for the artwork in her house. So it's just trying to get information. Once you ask the right questions, people will divulge. 
Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes that information is not necessarily, oh, I love blue or I hate red. Mm-hmm. But that inf- that information can be used for, because, you know, we're going back to, there's no, there, there's plenty of different ways that you can design a room, right? There's, there's, there's so many different looks that you can do and it still be in the same concept. Um, there's no wrong design, you know, unless you're just like breaking certain rules, but you can use that information in your pitch. Well, you know, we're going with this cognac soft leather because you were talking about when you're in Mexico and went horseback riding, how much you love the saddle and blah, blah, blah. You know, then it's like, oh, you're, I did love that saddle. Yeah. You know, it's an emotional <laughs> connection. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly, Karen. And so uh, that is, you know, that, that's, that's why that information is good, too, because you, you use it in your, in your pitch. Uh, Tavia, you should mention um, basically the, the the Yoda house and how <laughs> how that how that how that like turned into a design that they that they loved and was like very specific to them. Oh yes, uh, we um, did a consultation with a family that loves Star Wars. You go into the house, like the house is, was taken over by kids, and they were really ready for a new design. But there are all these Yodas hidden. All throughout the house, there it was like, "Where's Yoda?" It was under the bed, tiny little Yodas, Yodas big Yodas, Yodas on the wall, Yodas everywhere, and um, okay. and then that we had in, to have been a challenge. Oh my gosh, it became a, it was a it was a moment where like you either you just lean into it, you lean mm-hmm. into it, and you allow people to be be expressive and be themselves because most time people think, "Oh, well, I love this, I should hide it," or like, "Let's give me a cabinet to to." Uh, put it away we're like um well it's inspiration so let's go from there so we t- we we abstracted like what we thought was uh, star wars like kind of figures and that that became the wallpaper that was on the ceiling we um they loved legos we designed a lego leg table with our craftsmen and um to to make that a part of the furniture and then we chose to frame yoda in a gilded gold frame and put him in this front and center of the house. Like, yeah. let's tell people who you are now. And <laughs> it's a conversation starter. It's fun for their kids. It's going to be something that they love and not feel like they're pretending to be someone that they're not. Mm-hmm. Your house should not reflect anyone else but you. Yeah. But, okay. Did I miss this house in your portfolio? Yeah, I didn't no, see no, no, no. This is Oh, my gosh. I'm like, how would I have missed working. the Yoda house? We're still okay. working on it. And not every project makes the website. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like this needs to go somewhere. You need to put this on Instagram or something because I do feel like that's, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've got to imagine that there are listeners out there who, maybe it's not Yoda, but maybe it's like their, Barbie. yeah, Barbie or like their superhero <laughs> figurine collection. Mm-hmm. Iron Man. Yeah, and like. Yeah, you don't have. It's or cool to have something you're buffs. passionate about, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. But you do not have to be so literal. And you can. I feel like that's such a cool idea. Like maybe it's the shade of color. Like maybe it's a red that you like, or maybe it's you know like letting that sort abstract of the, yeah abstract the thought. Yeah. So just try to pick it apart. Like what are the elements of this? Okay, is it? It's green. It's organic. It's so and so. And then you like try to place those in the other areas, but you dissect something and then assign it to a a space. And so you're interpreting the design um, from a more like artistic perspective. Mm -hmm. I want to dovetail on that, if I may, into your wallpaper line. 
Uh, so you have a beautiful line of wallpapers that you guys have designed uh, and you have extracted those designs from things. Maybe you want to talk about that a little bit, you know, about the line, where one could get it and the, the, the design behind the design. So th this is actually perfect timing because um, we, we designed the wallpaper before we thought about the names and the meanings behind them. Uh, but we took the we took the pattern, which was produced by sketches and drawings that we had over just over the over the years. Um, used that and started to work with a professional to actually make uh, patterns that you, you know the audience would like. And uh, and then we looked at them, you know, through a magnifying glass and and broke it apart to what Tavia is saying to create names um, and meanings behind them. And what we wanted for sure is just to bring reverence to the continent of Africa and, and, um, and the African culture. We often see interior decor um, become trendy and, uh, in spaces and we, we constantly see like these little things like calligraphy brushes or mud cloth or, uh, you know, certain branches. And we know that they're trending. We know we like them, but we don't know where they've come from and, and how they even became trendy. I'm always interested in that. You know, at the top of the year, we're like this color, the, the color of the year is yellow. And I'm like, why? You know, like I'm always interested in the why. And so uh, that's what we wanted to do for the paper. And in all honesty, it was a very quick process, but we tried to be as intentional and meaningful as possible. So it's not until after the papers were created that we started to dissect and think about their names. And so based on the patterns and the shapes and the things that are, that are happening in the paper, um, we paired each paper with a name and meaning um, that, we, what, that we thought was reflected in the, the pattern. They're beautiful. Mm -hmm. Thank, you. Thank you. And I thought it was so, they're actually, many of them quite subtle, which is I felt like, so, you know, if you were to just see the wallpaper line and then just see your work, I get how they go together because you're layering so many things. So you may not always want a super bold um, pattern, but they, you know, they are very subtle. Like you could see them used in a variety of ways, either with some really bold gestures or as just this really tonal look, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It sounds like they're more of a reflection of our personal styles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't know, as of late, I feel like you've been, you've been the bold one. Lately. Like on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. In fashion or in interior? She's putting neon interior. interior. Oh, okay. Well, neon. my own personal, just a few pops of some very pungent colors, I guess. Okay. Let's talk about the, the Nashville music room, especially while we're on the topic of wallpaper. Okay. Explain to everyone this room. I feel like there is nothing <laughs> I could have predicted in this room you pairing together. Like, and it worked so well. You know what I mean? Like there was just such a, the two wallpapers together, or was it, was the white a wallpaper? Yeah, explain well, what I'm, the explain the room to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> 
I didn't realize the white was wallpaper till just a second. I've got the picture up in front of me. I thought that was paneling. It, All right, sorry. It's made to mimic paneling, but it's upholstered and it's actually a fabric wallpaper um, from Arte. And the wallpaper on the ceiling is um, from Mitchell Black. I think the initial inspiration was like the 70s and wanted to have like a really groovy space. So like the drapery ended up being that like 70s man leisure suit which is like a nice like wool material. And then the sheer was like the, the bohemian dress. We just kept going. <laughs> we just, we wanted houndstooth and, and that's what happens when you just let us do whatever we want. It yeah. just becomes this like wild, um, wild space and experience. And we didn't want it to be a very technical space because we uh, kind of felt like that art just needed to be created in a space that's comfortable and light. And uh, most people, and, and, and I think, Monet was really um, big on that. You know, music rooms are usually dark and moody. So let's create a light space. What the, what would that look like? But have it be functioning to like hold records for a collector, um, a place to, to invite people over to lounge in. What was fun about the creation of the space was um, everyone came to hang out there. They would leave their rooms and we would always have a crowd in our room while we're trying to put it together. They're not helping do any of this, but they're lounging. <laughs> and so thrilled you like the space, but can you leave, please? And <laughs> so yeah, can- everyone's so comfortable to lay on the, the the rug, and we're like, okay, I think I think we did something right because it's it's approachable, it's comfortable, mm-hmm. and it was inspiring, and um, it was it was fun to put together. Mm-hmm. It was it's just such a cool random. space. Thank you. It was our very first show house. Um, and in all honesty, with it being in Tennessee, we were thankful enough to be partnered with uh, Mitchell Mitchell Gold, who provided all the furniture. Uh, though we had uh, the record station and storage, uh, Tavia's dad actually built. And um, and then there was one chair that we just fell in love with. Uh, we we rented from a showroom or actually I think they just gave it to us for a certain time we rented from um studio studio 4858 at showroom 58 at ADAC um but to to Tavia's point um just having the creative freedom and then also looking at ways that we can kind of double back and confirm certain concepts so where we had the large houndstooth houndstooth on the sofa one of the sponsors was architectural grill and so uh where tavia dad tavia's dad built the uh record player console slash storage we used architectural grill to have these metal dividers to actually hold the records up and they were perforated and we tried to uh the design we tried to mimic the large houndstooth uh and just different things like that was just really really cool but one of one of the most, I think, bold applications we did was was the wallpaper. And I honestly think that it was just the interior architecture style of the room. That ceiling had so many different angles and it was coming down at different places that regardless of the style of wallpaper that we were going to put up, it was just going to be crazy because you're seeing all of those angles. And um, and so it's funny enough, architectural, not architectural digest, Arte contacted us recently and wanted to do like a, a little podcast or uh, chat about wallpaper application because that it looks so wild to have not only a pattern on the ceiling, but the ceiling is creating angles and it's coming down into like a geometric padded paper. 
Um, and it just so happened that it looked as crazy and bold uh, as it did. But it uh, it turned out really, really cool. Well, that's so that beautiful. It had. No, I just Sorry. wanted to ask about that that application because um, you had a, a, another couple of examples other on your. I think it was on your Instagram, maybe in your stories, or maybe in your feed. I'm not exactly sure, but uh, and you were complimenting your your wallpaper installer on you know on something that had many many angles. And I would be as as a general old lay person, I would be super nervous about um, doing a pattern wallpaper on something with so many angles like that. And you're telling me not to be avoided. Just jump right in and just make sure you have a good installer. Well, they they did say that the patent wallpaper was very difficult uh, to install, but they did a brilliant job. And the patent wallpaper is only on the um, the flat walls, so every everything below the angles coming in from the ceiling was the patent paper. And then we had the pattern, um, which we loved, which came from Mitchell Black. We knew that we wanted to uh, represent a black vendor. And the space, came, uh, we used that paper on the ceiling. Um, so definitely just stuck to the flat walls for the padded paper. I'm not even sure how we could have done the angle wall. Patterned paper, paper is what I'm saying. Sorry, not padded. Patterned. Patterned. Should I okay. be comfortable with patterned paper on weird angles? <clears throat> I think I, it actually helps soften those angles when you use a tight pattern. It almost like creates an illusion. If you were doing something like like heavily geometric on that, that could be potentially very overwhelming, like adding to the angles, but the organic nature of the paper softened it. And they were actually leaves with like tiny bulbs on there. So it, it, it felt like you were laying in a forest and looking up is what was our interpretation. Um, so kind of under the canopy of the forest. Got it. Now you guys are also doing Kip's Bay coming up, right? The show house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're, you're both like, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's exciting. That's a big deal, though. It is. It is very exciting. It's um, an amazing opportunity. And it's right around the corner, right? April, and, April, May. Yes. Came uh, real fast. First, yeah. And we're still in construction. Um, we are working on the powder bathroom, which is essentially a small three-piece bathroom off of the main family room and pool. And um, we have another kind of wild concept going there, mixing a couple of tile vendors, changing the lays on the tiles, adding using some materials like a pencil liner in an interesting way to create a strength in the room instead of just like on the border. Um, and uh, Kohler has sponsored the the plumbing fixtures and Temer. A lot of Atlanta-based uh, companies really came through to help us with this. So Temer Stone um, provided the stone that we're using on the floor and the wall. Renaissance Kitchen, uh, Renaissance Thailand um, bath. Uh, helped us with the towel on the back wall and we're using um the, what, what's the name of the gallery that's uh going to be providing art jennifer, jennifer i forget the last name is she's an adac she just made this adac uh, that's the atlanta design center y'all who don't live here yes, in atlanta yes, yes we just figured out that all of us <laughs> right. uh, have our offices in the same part of atlanta so we're neighbors hi ladies <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the best part the design design it's district. kind of a design district yeah, yeah. I'm, I am always fascinated by creativity and like this, it's such an intangible, um, 
it's this power that each of us has inside of us to create something out of nothing. Anyways, I won't get too woo-woo about it. But y'all's rooms are so creative. And I'm curious when and where you come up with your best, most creative ideas. Is it when you're talking with one another? Is it like on a treadmill? Is it on the shower? <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's actually, it's funny you say that because Tavi and I took our first work retreat uh, right before everything shut down for COVID uh, last year. And we were, we were going over our numbers. We were going over inquiries and completed projects. And we were looking at our inquiries and we realized that uh, a lot of our inquiries were not being fulfilled. Uh, they were not, uh, they're, they're, they were, they were not becoming our clients. And so we started to think about why. And we realized what got us to, to this point uh, was a certain type of client within a certain bracket. And that bracket, um, talking about budget, it kind of forced us to be a lot more hands-on. It forced us to do maybe a few DIY things. Um, and just, it forced us to be a lot more thoughtful with the design because we just didn't have $50,000 to do whatever. We had to really think about it, um, make sure that the room still looked more than what it was and completed and, and so on. And, uh, and I think that it's some of those projects that really uh, take us to another level of creativity because you never want to, you know, even when you dress, you never want to look, I don't want my $10 shirt to look like $10. Like I'm going to put a necklace on it, uh, you know, maybe add some, I don't know, bedazzle it or something. Um, and so that, that's essentially what you have to do with your interior design projects when the budget is a little lower than what it should be. Um, we've gotten, we've gotten a little more strict about, uh, what projects we're actually taking on now in this, in this stage in our career. Uh, but at the time, I think that we, um, that was what we were getting. And so we capitalized on it and, uh, and, and in that it took us being a lot more creative. Um, so in some cases it's the constraint, the constraints that really push you. Absolutely. We had to paint walls ourselves, create our own patterns on the walls. And that also um, lends the idea of a wallpaper line. And because we're used to kind of being bold on walls and our choices to select wallpaper now that we have larger budgets to work with are also bold. Um, the And even the, the built-ins that we'd create ourselves or just kind of like trying to figure out how to make furniture allowed us to to of course um use a craftsman to make all of our custom built-ins and like change angles on things if we wanted to so having that initial constraint but still creative freedom allowed us to still be creative in a space that we have a little bit more funds to do it mm-hmm. no i think that is such a good reminder for for anyone like i think it's really easy to get into this place where you're like if I only had a little bit more budget, I could do this, you know, I could make it better. But, you know, there's always a way a little to more do imagination it. imagination is what you need, maybe. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it, it's interesting because now, <laughs> to be transparent, sometimes we'll get certain inquiries and we'll, we'll look at the available budget and we're like, how could we possibly do anything with that? And it's like, <laughs> We have to like bring ourselves back down to a humble place and be like, we've done it before. We just need to decide if we want to right. do it now. But right. you know, like, there are a lot of different things that you can do in a, in a space to make it impactful. You do not need a million dollars. 
that that dollar amount really equates at the end of the day to the quality of things that you're putting in your space. But you can still have a very interesting room, lots of character and, and storytelling um, without spending fifty thousand uh, dollars. Mm-hmm. But in this stage of our in the stage of our business, based on where we're going, where we're trying to go, um, that just kind of falls in line with with what we're doing as far right. as like, bigger budgets. You're a business person, right? And so you ha- cannot take every job. So you're going to take the ones where, you know, but right. that doesn't mean it can't be done on that budget. But just exactly. maybe, you, maybe it's not the designer's segue. This segues really beautifully into the dilemma that we're going to answer for our listener who wrote in for us because it's about built ins and she doesn't know yes. what to do with them. And you were just mentioning, you know, how we figured out how to fix built ins on our own or do our own DIY stuff. So maybe we can help her. And we have the perfect Tavia. Yes. You, your dad was a contractor. We didn't even get into this. You grew up on job sites. Um, didn't yeah. he build like high-end cabinetry? Yeah. So get out your hand so, and give us some tips. Um, <laughs> so our question is from Sarah. Sarah just moved into her first home and she has a dilemma concerning the built-ins in her living room. The built-ins on the left are beautiful and symmetrical, but the other side, so these are flanking her fireplace in her living room. On the left, it's like a normal bookcase, but on the right, it was obviously meant for uh, an old, you know, 2000s giant TV VCR watching with a big box kind of cut out of the built-in that a TV would go into. She'd eventually like to hire someone to redo the right side, but until the budget allows, what can she do to make this space look more put, put together? Um, they, uh, she also considered actually moving the TV to that area, but they don't know how to configure the layout of the room around that. Um, eventually, she'll be changing all the furniture except her beloved pink chair, which she found at a yard sale. Um, so she'd also like um, some ideas on what type of furniture sh- we'd use in the space and how would you lay it out. She's a total novice, thinking about maybe an L-shaped sectional on the left with two swivel chairs facing it on the right. She'd also like as much seating as possible, as this is her main entertaining space. And she promises that... <laughs> I also promise I only use the overhead lighting for the pictures. It's harsh. She knows how we are constantly <clears throat> harping about overhead lighting and dimmers. Um, also, what art or furniture do you recommend for the walls on either side of the built-ins? The room is 16 by 24. Any suggestions for elevating the space and making it look more grown up and put together are greatly appreciated. Um, and she loves listening to us. Thank you, Sarah. Um, so just to describe the space, as she mentioned, it is 16 by 24 living room, fireplace on the long wall um, in the center of that 24 inch wall. It's a red brick fireplace. The built-ins on either side are white painted um, with, it looks like sort of a light blue gray behind the bookcases and then on the rest of the walls. Um, And she's just like, how do I orient this and how do I fix these built-ins? Go y'all fix it. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. No pressure. No pressure. (laughs) Really on the spot here. Okay. So, um, well, firstly, um, with not being able to kind of demo parts of the bookcase, paint is going to be your friend. It, it helps hide all kinds of imperfections. And so the, what I see is that the shelves are standing out and kind of like the symmetry standing out a lot because the, the paint color is actually the color of the wall. I would, of course, change the color of the wall, but we can go into that in a little bit. The, um, by painting the... Uh, 
we can either choose to make it stand out more by doing a fun wallpaper back there or hiding the irregularities in the, the bookcase by painting it all the same color, whether that's a crisp white or you want to go a little bit bolder and do a black in a, um, I would say a satin finish. And it's really going to be about styling um, the book, the bookcase and making it look more intentional. Some hardware on the doors are going to really help some really nice long, um, Piece of armor, like gold or um, a, a gunmetal, but definitely not stainless steel. Please, no brush nickel. Um, it just looks really too technical and not very dressed up. This open space on the side, I yeah, really just get a hammer out, knock it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, especially that the the little VCR? I don't know what it's supposed to hold. Is it so. for, was it for a VCR? In the okay, way back yeah, machine? Barely. <laughs> 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 yeah, it, that, that part needs to go. But let's say you can't do that because um, you'd have to kind of hammer that out and it's going to be difficult to re repair the wall if you don't have the budget to do that. But actually concealing a lot of that with paint and using this open space as like a large vignette for a large piece of art on an easel. Ballard sells amazing easels. We buy them all the time and doing a bust or an urn in front of that and really creating a vignette that fills that space to hide all of the lines. So a lot of work can be done with just style, like styling and paint until you can okay. demo it and start over. Mm -hmm. I would say, I would say too, with styling, with styling the open bookcases, there's a lot of different things you can do. If you're looking for a more tailored look, try to be really consistent. Um, so having book, book turn, uh, filling, filling the bookcase with books and turning them the opposite way or wrapping them with uh, white paper or black paper, depending upon what color you're painting, the entire bookcase and wall um, could be a, a very nice, elegant look um, or filling it all with the same baskets. But if you want a little diversity, I would pick like three different types of vignettes, whether it's going to be um, uh, books and vases, baskets, and then uh, maybe picture frames. And then for each one of those shelves or however many shelves you have, you just want to create that vignette on both sides, but at different levels. So if you're starting at your top shelves with the baskets, maybe you start the second shelf on the other side. And that's if you just want a little more going on uh, with the staging. Um, but like I said, if you're looking for a more tailored manicured look, then definitely be consistent on all, on all uh, shelves and just pick one, uh, one accessory whether that's a question about those bookshelves so the shelves on the left that she that are symmetrical that she's happy with they do look like adjustable shelves and they're not very far apart i mean i'd say like 11 inches or something should she take some of those out so she can get some more dramatic pieces in there and should they be even like that or should she make them irregular you know what i'm saying they all match up yeah. If she, I mean, if she's able to make them even, I would say absolutely. What I, what I love too is uh, in those bookcases that builders just love to flank on fireplaces. Um, if you, if you can remove your top shelf, because it's, it, I feel like accessories up there, it's just, it's just not practical. Um, especially if you're not using books or baskets, but you have like a lot of little things, you start seeing the underside of it, or you're seeing it at like a weird angle because it's so high. If you can remove that top shelf and instead 
uh, Hank piece of art um, that has a beautiful frame on that back wall, especially, for example, if you're painting that entire bookcase and the back of the wall like a deep, deep blue. It's just going to be so beautiful to remove one of those shelves and allow you some height um, for, for a piece of art on the back wall. Yeah. That makes, that's a great idea. And I would have never thought about, yeah, that's not, yeah you're going to see the cute. underside mm-hmm. of whatever it is you put up there. Cause it's so tall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I was just going to mention that we always talk about from our friend, Rachel Cannon, the cantaloupe rule. Do not have anything smaller than a cantaloupe or just generally think about like, yeah, like bigger, less, fewer, bigger items. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. (laughs) Cantaloupe rule. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you start getting into a lot of little things, it does look very busy unless you're like, even, even if you, and we've done this before, even if you cluster them, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, two books and then something sitting on top of that. And then it's another book leaning up. Like even, I, I guess that would still maybe meet her rule uh, because the entire little vignette is is equal to or larger than a cantaloupe. I love that. That's a great way to like trickle in some personal pieces with a, some consistency. So if it's all white books or um, baskets, just so it looks um, cleaner and more thoughtful. What do you guys think about her furniture layout for this room? What's the ideal for as much seating as possible, but still looking fab? Actually, what you mentioned with the um, the L-shaped sectional with uh, two swivel chairs, that would work really well for a lot of um, close seating and like family mm-hmm. activities. The uh, another layout is to do two um, two sofas facing each other, and the accent chairs um, across from the fireplace. If I'm describing that correctly, um, that's a really great. And then you can add a bench in front of the fireplace. Mm-hmm. Yes. When he would trickle a bench. <laughs> Every would you guys um, paint her brick? That's her brick fireplace, the red brick, or would you leave it? Yeah, for sure. So yes. would you paint it sure. the color of the that you're recommending for her bookshelves? Let's just talk about paint color. What should she do in there? Okay. No. Um painting the fireplace white would be a great idea or even if it just got a kind of like almost a german smear kind of um look uh based on kind of the eclectic style that i'm seeing um otherwise just like you know white brick is just beautiful um and that will help with the mantle just blending in if that can't be removed just yet um it's mm-hmm. a little nicer to you know just to be a little cleaner if that mantle was not there or if it was just a chunkier piece of wood and maybe not something so colonial the um and then that that would allow the book and if the bookcases are like they should read as furniture it should not all kind of melt into one um with changing up the paint color so something contrasting on the bookshelf to the brick Got it. Mm-hmm. and really? also the walls i noticed the sheen on the walls it seems to have like a little it's either a satin or eggshell that eggshell. should be flat it's reflecting um it's reflecting the light uh from the recessed lights and also those bulbs should be changed to soft white they look like they're daylight so the room is reading very blue where it can be a lot warmer with the central 2700 kelvin get it girl so we actually we actually had a similar living room that we decorated lightly and we did the we did the opposite so typically people would put the white on the fireplace which on the topic of on the topic of paint color i would say explore your whites try to get a little warmer instead of like that stark white on the mm-hmm. fireplace but what we did was we painted because the bookshelves were actually equal to the size of the fireplace so we painted or the bookshelves were already white we painted the back 
a deep blue. And then we took, we took like a deep blue black and painted the fireplace that, that deep blue black. And it was, it was really nice um, and different than, you know, your, your standard light fireplace, dark, uh, dark bookcases. Okay. So I just want to clarify. So the, the, the brick should be painted the wall color and the bookshelves and the backs of the bookshelves should be painted their own color, but they're not the same color, right? Is that what you're In this particular room, that's what we did. But I would, I would say that if you're painting your bookcases and you're not exploring like a pattern, whether it's just, you know, textured grass cloth or a natural pattern, if you're not exploring a wallpaper on the back of your open bookcases, I personally would say just paint it all one so that it can read like a piece of furniture. It's just all one. Um, so, so Sarah should get rid of the blue and paint that all, the bookcase is all one consistent color and then have the fireplace, its own consistent color, yes. not the same color. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Okay. And this is, here's a sentence I've never thought I would utter. I feel like she needs a bigger television. <laughs> don't you think like <laughs> that's it's never a, something i would i would typically she has a television you know, over lobby for yeah. but and it is, does look tiny it's it the just, same size yeah, as a, a fireplace exactly. it's just like reading as two little black boxes <laughs> yeah i don't know I, I don't know how y'all feel about that but i i feel like it just it looks a little dinky so maybe mm-hmm. you know not yeah. doesn't have to be like a must-haves, but maybe at some point. You, the other mm-hmm. thing, Sarah... There's, there's, there's definitely a, a scale, scale issue here, and especially with all the little the little spaces on the bookcase. Um, just kind of like just some variety there. So the other thing Sarah needs is some window treatments. She's got some blinds and, a, and an oh, undecorated yes. window. And if you need the privacy, maybe think about shears or something, right? Instead of, mm-hmm. Instead of those um, vertical or the um, small yeah. horizontal blinds. That's really mm-hmm. easy to take out. Um, I think some of our favorite drapes that we've used a couple of times are actually from Ballard. They have beautiful velvet trim oh, around the, the border. And uh, I think there's like a very wonderful like rust color and emerald blue and gray. So if she wants to explore some color, I would definitely look into those because they just look very classic. Yeah, they are. I feel like a wood blind too would be a good option here, in, like in addition to the drapes. You know, mm-hmm. if if she does need that, and and they're very affordable. Like you can get them at, you can order them online in different sizes. Home Depot. Like what she needs there. So, you know, if you don't need it for privacy, take them down. If you're maybe she's worried about glare on her TV or something, but yeah, yeah. Well, the fact that the vinyl ones are pulled down implies to me that she does like to have them down. Mm-hmm. You, know? you know how I am about privacy. Right. I'm like, take it down. What's there to see in your living room? Well, I feel like we answered Sarah's question. So thank you, ladies, for helping us out with that. And can you tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, see your work, find your wallpaper collection, all that good stuff? Yeah. So our our main Instagram account is Forbes Masters. Uh, If you want to find us on Facebook, we're at Forbes and Masters. Um, If you Google Forbes Masters, you'll still find us. We have a profile on Howls where we um, archive all of our reviews over the years. Um, so we have lots of reviews and rewards and, as well as projects, more projects that you don't see on the website. And you, uh, we also have their before pictures 
on on our profile on house as well. So that's that's a fun place to see some of our portfolio. Um, and then most recently, we have a shop Forbes Masters Instagram page where we uh, display and show uh, our wallpaper as well as some future things. Um, and I, I think that, yeah, I think that's, I think that's it. Of course, for all inquiries, you can email us at hello at Forbes Masters. Um, or nowadays, you can also DM us, DM us in, in, in the Forbes Masters account, because apparently that's like an official uh, way of contact now, form of communication. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and check them, check out your powder room at the Kip Space Showhouse. Yes, it's, they're actually going to be doing, exciting. they're also going to be doing a virtual component. Um, so we will be sharing all those details when we are able. Very cool. I've always wanted to go, but it sounds like the virtual option might be the way to go. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. All right. Well, thank you all so much. This was such a pleasure. And we always love having Atlanta designers on the show because, you know, hometown. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. All right. That's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast.ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time. Happy Happy decorating. decorating.